in the meantime. Hi, Alex. Hi there, Steve. Well, it's a sunny day. It's a here. beautiful day here it's in Vancouver. Well, let's not get carried away here. It's uh, <laughs> the 17th of, of May, and uh, what is it, 15 degrees? Uh, around there. Yeah, yeah, we've had like 9, 10, 11 degrees and rain. Pouring for the last rain. Pouring rain right into the middle of May. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're so dependent on the weather, right, mm-hmm. in so many ways. Obviously, we'd like to have warm weather. People feel happier when the weather's sunny and warm. Right. But uh, the weather does also affect uh, um, many people. I mean, I don't know if, if people elsewhere in the world are aware that we've got two really pretty serious situations, weather-related situations, I guess, in Canada. One is the, uh, the flooding in southern Manitoba. Yes. And, uh, and the other is the forest fires that are burning in Alberta. Mm-hmm. And one town, a town that I visited just last summer... Slave Lake, it's right on a beautiful lake, uh, stayed with some friends in a cabin, a beautiful cabin, like a bungalow, and we went fishing and caught lots of fish, you barely put down your line and you pull up a pike or a pickerel, and which were delicious, and mm-hmm. I don't know if that person's house is still standing, mm-hmm. 40% of the town burnt down. Yeah, I heard someone was saying something like 300 houses it's, were it's, burnt down. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean it's surrounded by forest. And at this time of year, before the uh, before the forest starts to green out, so to speak, before things start to grow, mm-hmm. it is a little dry. Yeah, and apparently it's a very dangerous time in terms of forest fires. Mm. And surrounded by the forest, uh, and they apparently the fires started, and the firefighters were there, and they thought they kind of had it under. It wasn't completely under control, but it didn't seem so dangerous. Then a great big wind came up and blew it right uh. over the town. So. Yeah, I remember uh, when I used to live in California, actually, uh, up until four years ago, it was Southern California, and it's, it's really dry in the summers, and, and we had a lot of forest fires, and I remember particularly, I think 2006 or 2007, um, there was massive forest fires all across the state, mm-hmm. and actually nearby my house, um, there was a forest fire going on at one point, and when I was sitting in my room, I could smell you know, wow. the, the, the smell of the, the fires burning. And I remember driving through a few weeks later on a, a backcountry road, and on both sides of the street, all the trees were burnt to a crisp. Wow. And yeah, I mean, in Slave Lake, of course, uh, you hear them say how you know the townspeople are all you know uh, helping each other, and there's a great mm-hmm. sense of solidarity and and so forth. But and I guess there's a certain amount of uh, I don't know what you'd call it, uh, nervous tension or people are coping with the situation, much mm-hmm. like in, in, on a much, much, much greater scale in Japan. Right. But once that is over, you're stuck with the fact that your house is gone. Yeah. Uh, uh, we have a sawmill that we work with uh, that's located in Slave Lake, and we spoke to them, and the sawmill is okay, but they can't contact. When we spoke to them, they couldn't contact their employees. Mm-hmm. Most of their employees will have lost their homes. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, so now what do you do? I mean, can you imagine? Yeah. You know, these are people who have worked to build their home. And, I mean, the people whose home we stayed in by the lake there, I mean, they put so much effort into it and they fixed it up so nicely and it's got yeah. nice this and that and the other and it's just burned to yeah. the ground. So I'm hoping that his his house is still is still standing. But uh, And, of course, in Winnipeg, too, they had south of Winnipeg in Manitoba, they had uh, the, uh, and this all has to do with how much snow we get and how quickly yeah. it melts, right? Right, right. And because it's very low there, and I guess the river 
level is pretty well, you know, at the same level as the land. <laughs> yeah. If you get any sudden ri- rise in the water level, then it's it's very easy to flood. And they do have dikes to keep the water in the river. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they felt that there was so much of a danger that they had to breach the dike sort of ahead of a, of a larger population center mm-hmm. so that they selected, okay, these farms and these people, we're going to flood them yeah. in order not to flood even more people uh, further downstream. Yeah. And I, I mean, that would have been a tough decision to make. Like, oh, yeah. You know, how do you decide on something like that, right? So sometimes if we think we're having uh, things tough or feel sorry <laughs> for ourselves, no, really, you yeah. got to think about... Uh, Absolutely. You know, if something like that happens. Yeah, and the thing too, like actually a couple months ago here in Vancouver on, um, I think it was on 12th Avenue near Camby, there a, a water pipe burst, the water mm-hmm. line burst. Right. And the sidewalk was cracked and water was pouring down the street. And actually it was also, it was on a bit of a hill. Mm-hmm. And the apartment building complex that was right behind it, or right in front of it, I guess, uh, was set a bit lower than the sidewalk. So a lot of the water was also going into the apartment buildings and everyone on the first floor was like, you know, what do we do? Like the water is coming in our door. There's really nothing we can do to stop it. And I think the thing is like, it's it's really surprising. We don't really think that these things are will happen or are possible. And I mean, I guess I'm not the kind of person who worries about those things happening well, either. Well, you can't but... worry about it. You can't worry <laughs> about it. Uh... Yeah. But it, the power of, of nature, the power of water, we saw mm-hmm. those floods in Australia, yeah. and obviously the tsunami and the earthquake in Japan, mm-hmm. we are pretty helpless little creatures <laughs> when it comes to the power of nature. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, as you say, we can't worry about it, and today's a sunny day here in Vancouver, so we uh, we are a little, our spirits are kind of buoyed a bit by that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know what uh, it seems. We always seem that seem to think that the weather patterns are more severe than they were, and and I guess there's some indication that they are. But statistically, over a sort of a, I guess a ten year period, I mean mm-hmm. there always have been these tremendous mm-hmm. storms or or fluctuations in in climate and temperature and rainfall. So uh, yeah, we're very I, much at the mercy. Yeah, and I think one thing too, um, you know, I don't, I'm not a scientist by any means, mm-hmm. but um, one thing interesting I read too is that a lot of people feel like you know there are more earthquakes and mm-hmm. more floods and stuff, and and that may very well be the case. I don't right. know, but I think one thing too is that because now we have things like the internet, right. people become more aware of this. And right. More things are tracked. More things are spread. And right. And it's unfortunate that a lot of people, you know, become fearful because of these things. But I think um, the interesting thing about it is, like, you know, I had a lot of friends here. Right. I was in Korea, and this was after the the earthquake in um, Japan. And talking to friends back here in Vancouver, saying, "Oh, you know, I'm worried that there's going to be an earthquake here," and so on and so forth. In Korea. No, these I was in Korea at the time, right. but I was talking to them on Facebook and oh, stuff, and, oh, and they're saying, you know, we're worried about earthquakes happening in vancouver and so on and so forth and i was kind of like i've never really thought like that like i've never been well we know that that we are in an area where earthquakes occur every few hundred years so it's a possibility but there are a lot of places where there have been earthquakes i mean we were in my wife and i were in sicily Mm -hmm. sicily every 50 60 100 years has a massive earthquake Mm -hmm. and they have that volcano when when we were near mount etna uh, it started smoking Mm -hmm. okay 
And uh, the town, I think, of Catania or Messina, which are the towns nearby, had been covered in lava at some point, and mm-hmm. there had been major earthquakes there. And and uh, in Italy, there was a big earthquake uh, somewhere in central Italy uh, a little earlier. And, of course, we had the enormous earthquake in China. Yeah. Uh, with a lot of loss of like pardon 2008 2008 yeah, yeah. 2008. but they have had them I remember when they had a big earthquake in the 80s in Tianjin which killed a lot of people hmm. uh, obviously Nicaragua Central America Chile Chile had yeah. a huge earthquake yeah um, yeah I mean uh, yeah living is dangerous it is we shouldn't <laughs> live you know what are you gonna do there's that statistic: 100% of people die, right? Well, don't, uh, maybe. We'll but see. I, yeah, but I think, um, in spite of all, that, I mean, we're having a nice day here. But I think um, one thing to, one thing I like to do is is to keep that in mind. You know, keep those people in mind, and mm-hmm. also, you know, be aware that that life is fragile. You yeah. know, and, and to kind of value the day too, because we don't know if, if. Well, you know, I read I read something again on the internet. Mm-hmm. Where uh, what's the name of that uh, British scientist who is uh, severely handicapped? Stephen, Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking. Yes. Who ha- has a brilliant mind yes. and ha- is severely handicapped, can hardly speak, and mm-hmm. I don't know the whole story there. Right. But he said recently, I read an article where he was talking about uh, his conclusion. There was a lengthy article, and then his conclusion was that we should really try to do something useful. Mm-hmm. I think that's an interesting thing to say. You know, do something useful. I mm-hmm. mean, there are so many options. What are you going to do? You're going to go out and get drunk. You're going to go and have a big meal. You're going to lie around in bed because you're lazy. Yeah, I, I like the. I like that. We should do something useful with our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yeah, it's fragile, but there's no question that you feel better about yourself. Absolutely. If you say, okay, I'm going to do something useful, get something accomplished, and then I feel quite good, or I'm going to just you know, stuff myself with my favorite pizza and beer and stuff. And, and where do you end up when it's done? Yeah. You finish the pizza gorf yeah. and you finish <laughs> doing something where you had a sense of, of actually achieving something. Mm-hmm. You feel much, much better. Yeah. And if you can have a string of those, then you feel a lot better. And basically, it's all about feeling good, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Really. Mm-hmm. Longer term, not yeah. short term. Satisfaction, right? I, exactly. I crave a chocolate bar. I've had my chocolate <laughs> bar. Now what? You know? Yeah. No. Anyway, so, okay, that was a bit of a, a, a ramble on, on weather and natural disasters and uh, the purpose of life. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, so thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you, Alex. See okay. you guys next time.